0: everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Winging It Formula One podcast because this is our official 2021 season preview. Give me a cheer. Woo! You guys didn't give me a cheer. And I'm (laughs) Freddie Coates and I'm here with the very unenthusiastic Nigel Chu and Adam Dickinson to preview the 2021 Formula One season. We're all very excited even though they're not. Adam, how are you?
1: I'm good. I kind of thought you were like doing that and then you'd, in After Effects when you're editing, you just like throw in a cheer like sound effect. That was why I didn't. But yeah. anyway, I am good. <laughs> I'm very good. i yeah. um, looking forward to this. A lot to talk about, even though we've been discussing the teams for quite a while, but there's still seems to be so much to talk about. and I'm very excited to discuss all that.
0: Yes, Mr Nigel oh. Chu. What are you going to throw into the mix today?
2: God knows, depending what pops up in my head in the next 25 minutes or however long this podcast goes on, but we'll see. I just want to ask Adam, though, how's your butter?
1: My what? Oh, butter. butter
2: On your toaster.
1: Yeah, I I put my flatmates on there just to, like, I don't know, as a kind of reply to it. I'm not really sure. This won't make any sense unless you've seen my Twitter, which clearly Freddie hasn't. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it's it's okay. It's been rescued from the toaster, and that's all fine.
0: Seems as good a time as any to plug our Twitters. Um, Adam will have his butter story on there. At Adam Dickinson two thousand and one. That's his Instagram. No, at Adam Dickinson oh one. Um, I'm at Fredcoats nineteen ninety nine, well? and Nigel is at Nigel C Gernot, where you can find lots and lots of strange tweets. Uh, there'll probably be a few tweets about the big television series that's just come out, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the one we've all been looking forward to. I don't know the other one on Netflix. I'm a Disney Plus kind of guy. Anyway, we're going to move on to our season preview of this 2021 Formula One season that I'm very excited about, as you can tell, because it seems weird that it's actually happening, even though it's been the shortest gap between seasons, because um, Abu Dhabi was basically at Christmas. But anyway, um, we're going to get started and we're going to ask a question because Red Bull had a very, very good pre-season test. They essentially look to be the class of the field. We spoke about this in our testing review episode last week. So the question I'm going to put to you guys now is, is Max Verstappen ready and capable for a Formula One World Championship title tilt?
2: I, I think I oh, is it? I'll go first. Yeah, uh, I think he has every driver quality on like possible, apart from the experience in the championship fight. And I think that means it's yes. You know, his he, first time for everything. There's not, you know, he hasn't had the chance to fight over the season, but he's got the speed, got consistency as he's proved last year. He's really matured. Over the last couple of years after that horrible start in 2018, I think the first six races he had spins or some kind of crash the first, on like five of the first six races. And since then, he's just been incredible. He's made very, very few errors. And I think he, he, he's up there in terms of time management with Hamilton as well. Maybe not quite the same level as Howlton, but I think he's probably next next best. And I think I think looking at last season, how close he was, he was able to get to Mercedes in, in qualifying. I think he is a massive, massive threat, and I think he is more than ready for a championship fight this year.
1: Yeah, I think he is. I think the question is Red Bull deliver the car, which we've seen they might have. We'll know a lot more in Bahrain and, and over the next few rounds after that. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think if he's got a car that's on par with Hamilton's, he is going to be able to take it to him. And I think that's what we've seen over Verstappen's career. So far he's not afraid of anything. He will go for it. And he normally makes a very good job of whatever he does on track. So yeah, I, I really think he is, but there's the obvious asterisk that if his, you know, if the Rebels three tenths behind on pace, then you know, there's not much he can do against a driver like Hamilton. The car has to be right up there.
0: He, I think even if the car is a little bit slower, he I think yeah I mean, it defeats the point of fighting Hamilton, but the fighting Mercedes is still going to be there because of you look at where he was in comparison to Valtteri Bottas in 2020 and the overall points at the end of the season. Um, Verstappen was within, what, 10 points of Bottas, I think. so, And he had numerous DNS across the year. Even in sekir he drove into the wall. And in Imola... His car, his tyre just exploded and so on. And if those two results hadn't happened, he would have been second in the championship last year in an incredibly dominant year for Mercedes. What should have been an incredibly, incredibly dominant year for Mercedes, it was incredibly dominant for Hamilton. I kind of think, the only, yeah, the only thing standing in Max's way isn't necessarily, for me, the performance of the Red Bull being the best car. It's only Hamilton for me, I think. I think I'm Max still- is definitely capable...
2: I think the only question now for you guys is he's obviously never fought for a title. Do you think he'll change his approach? Will he maybe back off from a battle or overtake and try and collect the points? You know, if he's in a situation, say there's 10 laps to go and he's chasing down the race leader, let's say it's Bottas in the lead, he's on fresher tyres and it comes down to the last couple of laps. You know, does he go for it or does he conserve and pick up 18 points rather than end up in a crash? For
1: example, I think he goes for it every time, especially on Bottas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I, can't see him like backing out, that's just the driver he is. And yeah, I, I do think, yeah, in equal machinery, I would still back Hamilton. And I think it's partly that, it's partly, as you say, his pure consistency and his time management is just incredible. But yeah, I, I think the stuffing goes for that every single time. Yeah, The mentality instilled in Rebel in the past
0: five or six years of Mercedes performance is when there's a sniff of a win, it's go for it. And that's not going to change in the first half of the year at all, because they know how how good Mercedes can be. And if there's a sniff of a win, they're not going to consolidate points. They're going to go for the win. Maybe later on down the line, maybe if this does become a championship um, arc, then maybe there'll be, there'll be a few more results where, like, when Verstappen took his second win in Malaysia 2017, he took it because Hamilton conserved and got the points he let Verstappen go ahead and win the race and he got second place to well Vettel was way off because of an engine issue yeah exactly so there'll there'll be points where he I think he will and it will be more led by the team I think than Max but I think Max will agree with it in the long run that if it, if there is a fight later on season he will I think change his approach from go go for the win but a win is a win is a win and I think early on in the season rebel are going to be fighting as hard as they can to get as many points on the board. Because we saw with we've seen with so many championships, Braun two thousand nine springs to mind where Jensen Button won six of the first seven races and didn't win a race after that. And Vettel was closing and closing and closing and closing. If that if that season was um two races longer, Vettel would have won the title. So you've got to look at it like that. Rebel are so knowledgeable of that and they know how much a title can swing late on. So I think yeah. they're going to have think to Think about it as they go.
1: Yeah, I think looking back at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix at Silverstone last year, and when the Red Bull was clearly had a pace advantage on Mercedes, and Red Bull were radioing Verstappen saying, "Okay, you know, just back off and you know keep solid lap times, and then we'll take them in the pits." And Verstappen just said, "No, sod that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try and attack them, and I want to, you know, I want to get this done. And this is the first chance we've had to actually be, you know, fighting at the front of the race with the Mercedes. And I want to do this. And I think that springs to mind. And it'll be interesting to see if there are similar situations like that. You know, how that plays out. Where Red Bull wants him to be measured, and you know, he he isn't wide like that." you know what rebel
0: are like they want to take any opportunity to get one over on mercedes and whether they're not going to sit back and let either bottas or Hamilton get a win just to consolidate points they're going to fight for that and then then afterwards they're going to make a snide comment about it because that's how they are they're not going to (laughs) they're not going to take it lying down and it looks like they're finally in a position where they're able to stand by that comment (laughs) to be honest
2: If it is close to first half of the season, which I think it will be, I think it will be similar to Ferrari and Mercedes in 2017-2018. I think it's going to come down to mistakes and unforced errors, from whether it's the drivers or reliability, perhaps. I think that's what this championship this year will come down to. So we've seen with Hamilton, you know, he's made hardly any errors. I'm trying to think of the last time he made a. A genuine mistake in, in a race or qualifier, I and mean,
1: I can't really think of the last time it's happened. So I think that could his be the scoring, his point scoring over the hybrid era, is just absolutely insane. Like when he finishes, he finishes in the points, and he finishes a lot.
0: A bad weekend yeah. is third for Hamilton. A bad yes. weekend with Verstappen yeah. is fifth or sixth, or at least it has been recently. So, um, yeah. what needs to be done is Verstappen needs to make a bad weekend third. He needs to be at Hamilton's consistent level and I think I think yeah like we said they're going to go for a win but there is going to need to be um, a championship approach taken to this not a scrapping of the heels approach which is yeah. obviously I, being Red Bull's prerogative
2: yeah I, I just worry you said uh, Sake last year for example when Verstappen got caught out in that incident I mean, yes it wasn't it was half his fault you know driving into the wall. but just incidents like that were well, twenty-five or twenty-six points can are up for grabs, and it, you just get it just gets thrown away. I just hope that doesn't really happen because we saw it saw it with Vettel too in twenty eighteen that with with Germany incident then spin after spin after spin. Yeah.
0: It gets in your heads, but there is there is a difference in twenty twenty to how it looks like it's going to be in twenty twenty one because if the car in 20, the car in twenty twenty was you get ahead of Mercedes at the start or you're in third and. Um, it was, it's do or die at that point whereas this year it looks like there could be more opportunity for a fight later on in the race if we, if we if testing is to be believed which is obviously not but anyway let's talk about it and if if there's an opportunity for equal pace in the race then there's not going to be so much of a um, do or die moment on the first lap as yeah. as secure last year where where um he needed to get ahead of Bottas because Russell was getting away and stuff like that because otherwise he would have no chance of a win and um races like silverstone where um he needs to fight when he can fight because otherwise they'll get away and i think Verstappen knows that more than most but i also think he's still going to be a right uh, i don't uh, he's still going to be a fighting bull isn't he you know what he's like
2: i think what's going to be more fun this year is if are on equal paces, as you said, Freddie is the pit stop uh the laps during or just before the pit stops because Red Bulls pit stops have been insanely quick and that could make the difference for an overcut or an undercut, especially if Perez is Perez is there as well. I mean that's the that's the thing that's gonna be a lot more exciting than last year because we didn't really get that at all in twenty twenty, apart from the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Uh so I think we're gonna see a lot more,
1: more of that. And I think another another comparison to twenty eighteen, I I think Verstappen is kind of mentally like not tougher, but he he just seems so like not uh, partly arrogant, but you know in a Senna way where he he kind of feels like he's the best. And mm. I think even a run of tough results, I don't think that will kind of have the same effect as it would on. Vettel, so, or it did on Vettel.
0: He's so I think,
1: Yeah, I, I just think, you know, in in terms of that mentality, he just has it, and he knows he has it, and he knows that he can back it up with his performances on track, so I think that will be, that will be like a key difference from what Hamilton's had over the last few years.
2: So, yeah, he bounces back from bad results, and we saw that last year again when he didn't finish in the three Italian races, he didn't, he didn't let it affect him at all, and yeah, you know, it just comes back like nothing's happened.
0: Yes, and I think it's going to be. I can't help thinking we will be slightly disappointed. But anyway, um, <laughs> yes. we, can, it's
1: we, can, F1. we can. Yeah,
0: it's F1. We could hype it up as much as we want because that's what we're here for, and that's what we do to ourselves. Mm. And for the most part, it doesn't
1: come true. But when it does, it's amazing. So, let's... but it does. It does feel like there's a genuine like reason to be excited it's not just like you know trying to create a narrative out of thin air or just trying to like cling on to you know like will Bottas be able to challenge hamilton this year it does feel (laughs) like there is a it does feel like there is a genuine you know possibility and that there will be a title fight and we're not just basing this off nothing
0: yeah yeah they all start on zero for a reason um so stay on zero (laughs) well that leads us on to our next point um which team is 2020, 2021 most important for? Because you've got, obviously you've got different situations across the grid, but we've got some teams who have failed to score points in recent years, naming a Williams Formula One team. And do we think this is going, I've spoken before about how this can easily be a stopgap year for them, but do you think it's any different? Y-
1: no. Like as I think we 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 spoke about this before. I think on Williams, they I can't see how a like team at the top level of a sport can fail to score a point over three years, bar one that they got like given to them by default. Um, but you know, as we've said, it's not you know you know it, it's not make or break this year. I think next year will kind of be where we find out what footing they're on. It kind of for me, I don't know. It feels a bit like Mercedes. it does feel like a massive year for them because it's the last year of this era and they've got two drivers who their futures are uncertain and they've I think if they did lose this year or sorry if they win this year it's like they've just completely rounded out the entire era they just dominated it absolutely completely and if they don't there's just that little bit that you know will kind of dilute it a tad and seeing where their drivers go seeing where Hamilton goes next year and you know who they bring in where I think this will really set them up going in you know as their legacy and their as people looking back on it historically but also looking to the future and going into 2022 and beyond I think this is quite a big year for them and maybe not for some of the other teams I'd say
2: that's a really good point. I've never thought about the legacy looking back. Because I was thinking, I don't think there's no team that stands out to me as they they need a big 21 or to make or break for them. But I think Adam's raised some really good points there about uh, Mercedes and how we might look, look back at them. Yeah.
1: I think McLaren's another one that it just feels like they've had yeah. this momentum building up over the past few years. And now they're like properly in this position and they've got Mercedes engines and they've got an orange car and they've got Daniel Ricciardo and they're like, come out of testing really well. And it feels like a year to kind of really kick on for them. And I think if they don't, there'd be quite a lot of disappointment in that team and, you know, maybe some stock taking and where they are going into 2022 again. I think that might have an impact as well, depending on the type of season they have. So I think they'd be another one and, Lando's a driver I think for me it's quite a big year as well to see yes. how he goes to Ricardo because he's not a rookie anymore you know he's completely out of that phase now I think he's in year three so yeah kind of seeing where where he is in you know the hierarchy of, of young talent coming through I think he's another one that stands out.
0: It's an important year for Lando going in, going into his future. Really, he's a he's a very young guy, and we've seen that some drivers can go at start a season and be hot property and be out the door after being walked over. And it it in the, there's a complete there's been a complete shift in the opinion of Esteban Ocon after he was walked over by um, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, there was a lot of hope for Alex Albon. And he's out of Formula One now, so this could be a make or break year for Lando Norris. Um, I think I think, oh, he's he's come out guns blazing, really quite quick with mind games. I'm, like, I'm the lead driver here. This is my team now. Daniel's joined my team, and it's true. I mean, Lando's been there since what 2017, I think, as a junior driver. Yeah. So Daniel is stepping on his toes, but Daniel's not going to worry about that at all. You mm. look at Nico Hulkenberg, and I think that's the um, the comparison that. Daniel came into Renault and Nico Hülkenberg was out because Ricardo just was better than him. And Ricardo's done what Hülkenberg couldn't do and he led the team to a ne- to another level in, in 2020. Thank so you. I think this is a really tough year for Lando Norris. It's a really, really good one to bring up there, Adam. Nigel, mm. Nigel you've got a few Thank drivers you. who you think this is a, a really big year for.
2: Yes, I do. I've got. I had mind. Norris was my kind of fourth-ish one, but Adam's mentioned it there already. Uh, I'm gonna bring up the pessimism stakes of Antonio Giovinazzi.
1: He's I one think, on my list. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely. it's
2: a big, big year for him, and I think he's quite lucky in a way to have another chance because, quite frankly, quite frankly, I wouldn't have chosen him for the Alpha Romeo seat this year. And I think we were all surprised that they retained. A, line-up of be Räikkönen and Giovinazzi. Uh, there's a lot of young Ferrari junior drivers, or, or just junior drivers in F2, uh, who are waiting in line to take over. If Gio, Giovinazzi fails to impress, and he has to beat a, what, 41-year-old Räikkönen, that, that's, that's the minimum. He, he, he can't, you know, Giovinazzi can't, be, can't afford to lose, who's out to someone of that age really, and, and he has to step it up, and I don't I don't see it happening, no, that's the thing, I, I will be surprised if Jim Giovinazzi finds that extra game, I just don't think he's quite good enough to be in F1, and that might sound harsh, but I think that's just the way it is.
1: <laughs> he's,
0: he's, he's betting in, and that's the thing, I mean, he's got a really, this year he's got to, he can't have that excuse anymore, because he's done two full seasons, and he yeah, He was good on pace in 2019. Kimi was better. He was good on pace in 2020, level with Kimi. This year, if the trend goes, he needs to whitewash Kimi. But I just, I just don't think he will. He's just there. And it's such a shame. A driver who really needs to be spectacular to to do... to win over public opinion. But He's clearly well respected in Alfa Romeo and Ferrari enough to them mm-hmm. to keep him in the seat and not put the runner up in the F2 championship there, um, lot So they, there's clearly some there's clearly belief there there's clearly a lot of love for Giovinazzi because of his his time in the background for Ferrari in 18 and 17 and um, his time yeah. just well yeah it, it's basically his relationship with Marinello is fantastic. So but. They they they're not they're not stupid. That's why they sacked Vettel. They're not. If a driver doesn't perform, they're not. They're not going to mess yeah. around. So, I think you know there's a lot to do. I mean, I'm, I'm here comparing Antonio Giovinazzi to Sebastian Vettel, but um, which is obviously because not where what we. This is not pessimism stakes when you think about it like that. He's got a lot to do. He's got a lot to do. To win, and he's had it. enough
2: time. That, that's my thing. He's been yeah. given more than enough time, so he's got to deliver.
0: Definitely, yeah, definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Nigel, who else have you got to throw in the mix?
2: The other one is Esteban Ocon. He's probably yes. the one. He's probably the number one on the list. I'd say, for a guy yeah, who same. needs a big year uh, up against Fernando Alonso. Didn't quite hit the heights that we expected last year, and. I think if if he doesn't beat Alonso, I, I can see him getting replaced next year, and then I think he might struggle struggle to find a place on the grid. So, I, but if if we go the other way, if he does beat Alonso, his stock is going to rise massively, yeah. and you know he could even be talking about him. This is going to be a bit out there. He could even join what Mercedes next season. Perhaps He's still got that those Mercedes links. Well, I was a bit. It's a bit out there, but but his stock will rise, and I think that's the main thing. So I think it's a make or break for for, for Esteban Ocon.
0: Yeah, Esteban Ocon. Yeah. It, I've said this before. It's down if he does, down if he doesn't. beat Alonso. I think there's it's getting to a no way out for him unless he gets a season. Unless he gets a 2022. He needs to do a good enough job to get a 2022. Um, to needs um, to do a good enough job to get 2022 season because then then he can consolidate his performance. But if he beats Alonso, then everyone goes. Alonso lost it. If Alonso beats him, Ocon's on the on the on the way out. So it's kind of a a bit like it's re- he's really got to just be solid this year. That's what Ocon's got to do. And he's a driver who lets everything seem to get under his skin in a race. You look at his defense from every position. I think Ocon just is, is, is similar to Verstappen. He needs a, a wake up of maturity in his racing. I think.
2: Does that, make sense? I think that, does that will untrue? come,
0: though. I, yeah. I think that
1: will happen. Sorry, Adam. As, I I think I disagree slightly on the kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't point. Because I think he, you know, people thought very highly of Nico Rosberg. He, you know, when he was at Mercedes alongside Schumacher, even though, you know, clearly Schumacher wasn't at the same level. I think it will depend if he's if he's beating Alonso. It will depend how he's then doing to the drivers in the midfield. If Alpine are kind of at the back of the midfield and he's just beating Alonso, then that won't cut the mustard. But if he's in there and he's, you know, I mean, obviously we don't know the kind of running order in terms of cars, but Mm. based off last season, if he's around, you know, where Aston Martin are and, you know, kind of being in the top five or in the top six or top seven, you know, regularly, I think that will be where it's at. So, yes, the teammate battle's important, but I think for this rock on it kind of goes outside of that and yeah I think on he got a second chance which I think everyone thought he deserved but it, you know it's still a second chance and some drivers don't even get that and very very few drivers get a third chance so if he if he doesn't you know make the most of this season and show that he is competitive in the Alpine I think that will be a very difficult position for him.
2: But I stand work with the Alonzo comparison. I, I think if he beats Alonzo, that would be huge because I still rate Alonzo very highly. Uh, so if he, if he does manage to, to do that, it will certainly impress me. But I mean, that, that doesn't matter, does it? But, but, oh, um, yeah, but then I, I think you, know, do you that put your opinion them. out on the
1: podcast and people listen to that and then they <laughs> think, yes, actually, that has influenced me.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, it would be, be massive if he does beat Alonzo. To be. Are we really... Alonso
0: is the driver I think I'm probably most excited for this year. Mm. I would say, um not me. Just because, not not you. What? Not Mick. Oh, <laughs> Mick! <laughs> I thought you said not me. Like you got you're not an F one driver. Are you Mick.
1: excited about Schumacher? i really? driving less. No, but I thought Freddie would be. I thought Freddie I don't know. I'm. I'm more. I'm not
2: really that. I'm
1: not. I'm more. Um, I'm not.
0: I'm worried about Mick. I want Mick, I want Mick to do well. I love the Schumacher name and I want Mick to do well. But Alonso, you know, he's been there and earned it more than so far for Formula One. Obviously, he's a two-time world champion. And you can't I find it hard to not be excited by the a driver who's the last time he was on the grid was, you know, we've seen his Baku 2018 drive and all of that kind of stuff, where he dragged a, a car and two wheels around one of the trickiest tracks on the calendar and then went and finished in the points so I think with Alonso being in a car that's not going to be at at the back of the grid if it's anywhere near where Ricardo was put in the Renault last year where he was you know in the in the the case of just picking up podiums and someone else retired basically a fourth or fifth place if you're seeing Alonso in that kind of position I think Mm -hmm. that's exciting that's exciting for any race for me so I'm Mm -hmm. that's what I'm really excited about with Mick being in a Haas it's kind of like it's a bit tedious, frankly, and it gives him that um, breathing space, I guess. And if he does, if it is being really exciting, that's going to be really exciting. But he's, mm. yeah, he's got to
1: earn his Formula One excitement. Yeah. Mm. I think the I didn't include rookies on my drivers. The season's important for just because it's like two diff- Obviously, it is important for all of them, but it's just kind of taken as red. I think the other big one that I had was Gasly. Because Ooh, I
0: didn't have him. Ooh. I was thinking him.
1: Yeah. It's a contract year for him. He's got. There's a fair few people from, um, you know, the rebel junior team coming up who could be challenging for a seat, and he needs to impress. He's had two impressive years at Alphatauri Toro but he then. He needs to do that again and he needs to show other teams that he's completely put the rebel experience behind him and that he is he can go to another midfield team and lead a team. And as we've discussed many times on this podcast, there are more than 20 world-class drivers who could get an f1 seat and that means some of, some of them are going to miss out and Gasly doesn't have like huge financial backing or anything like that. so you know he does he has to force his way into another team, I think for 2022. Yeah. So I think in, in that respect, it's a big year for him. You
0: look Absolutely. at the way science performed when he left the Red Bull programme. He went out to Renault and was good and he found his feet and then he completely cut ties with Red Bull, went to McLaren mm. and got a whole new attitude to his career and soared. And he's now in Ferrari. And that's a hard team to convince to take you. So um I think, yeah, I agree with Adam Gasly. I wouldn't necessarily say he needs out of Red Bull immediately at the end for 2022, but I'd say he definitely needs to be putting the feelers out by performing fantastically.
1: And I think the the kind of worst-case scenario for him is Ocon in terms of, you know, he just kind of (laughs) has a, you know, he's clearly a good driver, but he doesn't end up with a seat for whatever reason. And then, you know, he might have to sit out a year and, you know, then that comes with all the problems.
2: Hmm. I'm... I didn't have Gasly on my list. I don't... To me, he's already shown how good his comeback from being dropped from Red Bull is last year through, you know, his incredible results at Monza and just his sheer consistency as well. He he backed it up. It wasn't just that one-off race. He was much better than Danny Caffey throughout the year. So... I, I, I don't quite see it as a make or break. I think he's already shown how good he is and I think he... I will be shocked, quite frankly, if he doesn't have a seat on the grid in 2022. Even even if, even if say, Sonoda is, you know, out outshines him. So,
1: I, 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 I don't be, think I'll be shocked at all, just because that's how F1 works. It feels like It, it feels like he's the prime type of driver that could miss out, for me anyway.
0: It's, it's a really I mean, hard one to think about because as nigel says he backed it up across races he didn't just take a freak win he took he was, what how many times was he in q3 and in the points mm. in 2020 so many times is a lost count he, he took the he took Alpha tauri to nearly to fighting with ferrari Danny didn't have a say in that so it's yeah um, i I'm, think I'm yeah, if, he, if he can continue that this year driver. I think mean, he's in, he's in every there's, there's every position for him to continue that form this year, really. And I think, I think more importance in who wants him rather than importance in staying on the grid for me.
1: Yeah, but I just think you look at the grid; half the seats are already taken up, and you can probably pencil a name into another four or five of those. So I think it's just that. And then you look at some of the drivers who are going to be available, and I think. To, you know, you, you're only as good as your last season a lot of the time in F1 to teams when they're looking out for who to bring in, especially to one who, you know, Gasly, he's not had tons of years in F1. I, I just think, I, I think he will have a good year. You know, I, do, I think he's a really quality driver, but I just think he has to in terms of continuing his career because F1 is fickle and it is tough.
2: Yeah, I think what you're saying is your worst case scenario is he's out of F1. I think my worst case scenario is he stays at Alpha Tauri. I Yeah, I just me too. don't really see... I, I, well, I guess I can see your point, Adam, because of course it depends on what happens in F2, but uh, yeah, I just don't really see it happening at the moment. Yeah.
0: I think what happens in F2 also determines Alex Albon's career, to be honest. Um He's on the back.
2: I, I, I can, can see favorite. him
1: back to the podcast. I noticed Nigel <laughs> he... try, trying to uh, suppress a grin when you referenced him earlier.
0: He doesn't go away, in my I think. I think he's stayed in the rebel arm, and I think if Yuri Vips, um, James Arula and Liam Lawson have mediocre seasons, and and Pierre Gasly gets snatched up somewhere else, Alex Albon seems to be the go-to. Talfatari in that position. But anyway, that's a conversation for later on. I just wanted to trigger Nigel. Exactly, um
2: is. <laughs> I've got um, one more driver, Freddie. Yes,
0: exactly. To. That's what I was going for.
1: Please make a uh, pitch.
2: It's Valtteri Bottas. I don't know if Adam's got him on the list. Uh
1: he's always yeah, list, I had surely. him in the Mercedes when I mentioned Mercedes earlier, I was kind of oh, manned yeah. Hamilton. But yeah, continue.
2: Yeah. yeah, Bottas. Uh I think oh yeah, I'm going to start with a question. What do you guys think Bottas has to do to retain his seat? Because I think he has to be pr- pretty much on par with Hamilton come the summer or after twelve races or so. I, I, think... I just don't see Ooh, how he, okay. how Russell,
1: you know, how Russell doesn't get it. I think I mean, it needs to it avoid... depends on what um, drivers do around him. I think it mm-hmm. depends what Hamilton does and what Russell does in terms of Hamilton staying at the team and Russell's performances, although I don't really think he has anything else to prove really, but Hamilton's um, like future basically, I think if Hamilton decides to leave the sport after this year, which feels a possibility after his contract negotiation saga, then I think Bottas would stay in, you know, and partner Russell for next year, but I think if Hamilton stays, he's going to have to beat him in the Championship, to be honest. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the only that's way I see that's what I um, Mercedes keeping him and not putting Russell in. Because they'll lose Russell, I think, at this yeah. stage. Another team will snatch him up.
0: Yeah, I think he needs to kind of avoid a let-off as well. I, think, I, think, I don't think they expect him to beat Hamilton. I don't think he's got to beat Hamilton to stay. Because I think they expect that. they expect Hamilton to beat him but I think he's got to avoid a let off in performance every year. It seems to be that Bottas does well for bits of it and doesn't do well for other bits of it. And I kind of think he needs a consistent performance, just like, yeah, like you say, kind of an on par with Hamilton, maybe, you know, slightly off Hamilton, but not getting to the point where he's getting lapped in Turkey or he's, um, he's, he's getting a terrible start that he's behind Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen um, and Sergio Perez uh, four or five races of the year. So I think what he needs to do is he needs to be performing at a great level. Whereas Hamilton performs at a perfect level, Bottas needs to perform at a great level. It's that kind of thing. And I think that, to be fair, I think that would be enough. I'm not necessarily convinced by that. And we'll see when we talk about where we think constructive positions will be at the end of the year. I've got a point to make on that. But um, I'm not necessarily convinced Bottas will avoid those seesaws, particularly over such a long season um that i think the let off for him will be not necessarily great
2: i think he only has to perform sorry i think he only has to perform well until the summer break so after is that 12 11 12 races because they usually
0: is it up start or down from deciding,
2: there yeah do you usually start do you usually agree on a contract in august or september going off previous years with bottas yeah. so i think if he's within 25 to 30 points, and uh, luck or fortune has been relatively equal between him and Hamilton. And if he's within a race win, I think that is enough to keep his seat. If he's not, then I don't see how the seat doesn't go to Russell. Th- so you I say that, and I think
0: just... I agree with you on that. And then I, I, and then I think that's an ask. I think that's an ask to so have Bottas within a race win after, well, after when? Um, before, Hungary, think, and... around Zandvoort that kind of time. Yeah.
2: I think he did it before in 2017. His first year, yeah. I think it's looking, like Adam
0: says. It depends how many people take points off Hamilton for him, isn't it?
1: But I think looking at Mercedes, they've got to be looking for their championship of uh, champion of the future. And yeah. if we're saying Verstappen and Hamilton are kind of about the same level, that means someone who is able to be on par with Verstappen, I think, and that well, means being able to be on par with Hamilton. So. I think Bottas, a 31-year-old Bottas, at the moment isn't going to be their champion of the future, and you know unless he just radically ups his game, I think it's going to be really difficult for him, you know, to prove to Mercedes that he can stay.
0: That's why for me, all more the more champion of the future stuff depends on Hamilton for keeping Bottas. If Hamilton wants to leave at the end of this year, Bottas stays. Bottas stays, and any day of yeah. the week they're yeah. going to want a carryover when if they bring in Russell. And yeah. if they, if I think they'd rather have that carryover be Bottas because they can keep him for three years, they can keep Hamilton maybe for one more year. Uh, that- like if that carryover is Russell, then they're going to have to have a whole new driver. With so they've got Russell Hamilton, they're then going to have to have another driver from from the um from the driver market. So I think they'd rather have a Bottas Russell lineup going on. So I think maybe we could see a fourth season for Russell somewhere else, and then. Russell, Hamil- Russell Bottas for like 2023 or something. But anyway, that's, that's my prediction for that. All right, so those are some drivers who are in a touch of jeopardy going into this season, we think. Um, not, not necessarily Gasly and Jeopardy, but there we go. Um, we're going to now talk about some teams that we've all got our eyes on um, for this season then. Some teams that we think are kind of interesting or at least maybe could turn a few heads with a few stories um, Adam, which team do you think is going to be drawing your eye the most?
1: I think Hass, like not for a good reason, but I just think, I just think there's going to be a lot of head. I mean, they've already been like pretty much the most talked about team already, and <laughs> that's just from launching a car, like they haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I just think Hass are going to be one that every weekend, you know there's going to be some storyline or Gunter-Stein blowing up at the two rookies. And yes, it's not going to be exciting on track, I don't think. I think they're going to be going around in quite low placings, but I just think there'll be a lot of stories around them off the track. So that's why I'm going to be kind of following their arc.
2: I I disagree with that. I think they'll be forgotten about. I I mean, There's going to be a takeover story for
1: starters, likely, (laughs) or at least rumours.
2: I really do think they will be forgotten. I think they're going to be and there'll be delivery,
1: the, the, the water, and when they have to drop their livery if they have to drop their livery. So that's too right off the bat.
2: I, I don't think it. I just, think, I just think we're not way we in the media. Not going to be talking about them much. I, I don't see it happening.
0: I'm not interested in them at all, frankly.
2: Yes, yeah, so, well, yeah. but it will be, it'll be well, interesting. be You might be right, Adam. But, yeah,
0: well, might do something crazy. Which, which team are you most interested in watching this season? <laughs> I'm interested in watching Alpha Tauri this season because I Mm. think they could have a few shocker results. I think they could, (laughs) yeah, in a good way, not in a bad (laughs) way. Um, yeah, oh, look at Alpha Tauri, they're fighting that weird team. What are they called? Haas, I forgot about them. Um, I think they could be taken
1: over next year, (laughs) isn't that the weird livery? I thought they had a different one at the start of the year. Why is it just white anyway? Um, I think Alpha
0: Tauri. I've got a stunning driver lineup, as we have said. Um, Yuki Tsunoda is great. Um, Pierre Gasly is great, and the car is, you know, it's such a hand a handy car. Like the reason drivers are able to go really well in the Tower is because it's a car that suits the drivers. It suits being driven fast. It's not a car that you have to sort of get your head around to drive fast. And I think. If they've unlocked a bit of pace which word seems to be that they have that they they could have some really 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 nice results in the early part of the season um i think because it's the early i think they'll probably get swallowed up a bit later on by aston martin and ferrari and alpine but i think they could well be um leading the midfield at the start of the year
2: oh that's a that's a big that's a, i'm not i'm not counting with, i'm not counting the midfield take.
0: But I'm we, not counting oh, okay. McLaren as the midfield, by the way. I'm saying it could okay. be like, I'm saying they okay. McLaren is like no man's land, sort of secondary field, <laughs> and you've got the midfield, which is um, Alpha, Tauri, Ferrari, Aston, Alpine.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, uh, I personally, I don't think there's a team that ha- that is going to have a make or break or a big, impressive year or not so impressive year, mainly because of the new regulations next year and I think all of the teams will have one eye on the new regulations and I think it's more important to have a good first year, a uh, good year next year to build on for the coming years rather than this year where it's the final season of the current regs so yeah.
1: So our twenty twenty one season and Nigel is automatically more interested in the twenty twenty two. Good, good way to preview the year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all well and good looking forward to the future and wishing time away like Nigel does, but there is so much in twenty twenty one that's different. We've got um, we've got a normal Formula One season. We're not waiting till July to have two races in Austria. We've got one race in 23 different locations across the season. We've got we've got new rounds. We've got the Saudi Arabia race. We've got the Jetta track that was released um, the other day on Formula One channels that all looks fairly interesting. Um, we've got Zandvoort is going to have its first race, hopefully with fans because it's, it's at the end of the summer break. We've also got Imola and Portimao coming back very early on. Imola's in, what, three weeks from now, four weeks? Portemau's a couple of weeks after that. We've got... A lot, still a, a lot to look forward to in twenty twenty one. I would say so. Yeah, what what do we think is going to be like a cool race? What 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 are we looking forward to? Any returning tracks that we
1: haven't seen last year, like I don't know, Melbourne? Oh, I'm looking forward to Canada, just straight off the bat. Like it's just such a nice race, and it's just yeah, good and nice. And I'm looking forward to that. Um Zandvoort, very excited for that. To just like see it, see cars there, see. Racing there, I think it will be a bit like Hungary, um, but hopefully it will have some good races, and I think there'll be a decent strategy element in that one as well. Yeah, I think those are the two that spring out. Kota, because hopefully I'll be in America by then, so that'll be quite <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, I think they're the ones that jump out to me.
2: I'm gonna go with along with those ones. Monaco, but I think Monaco, you know, yes. Monaco is a kind of love hate
1: with f1 fans but for me
2: i'm one of those who loves it i just love to build up through thursday practice the cars getting faster and faster and then it is the best qualifying session of the year personally i, I adore it uh, the races yes we might get very few few overtakes but it's just such a key part of the One calendar and even though f1 doesn't really have a major standout race anymore, like the Indy 500 with IndyCar or Le Mans with uh, the World Endurance Championship. I'm still saying Monaco has that slight edge or is the jewel, jewel of the crown in, in the F1 season.
0: We haven't actually had a conversation about Monaco as a podcast. It's seemingly, every Formula One podcast is a rite of passage to have a sort of yes or no Monaco debate. But for me, I'm with you, Nigel. It's a yes, I love Monaco. I think it's...
1: Well, there's a two-week gap between Barcelona and Monaco, so we can put it in there. We'll have that discussion there. But
0: Adam, you were nodding along, so I think we're just all going to be waxing lyrical.
1: Uh, If you
0: hate Monaco, please come on
2: the podcast.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is a a plea. Please get get in touch (laughs) with us by the end of May.
2: Um, (laughs) Charles Leclerc will be ringing us any minute now.
0: Oh, yeah, he's cursed there. I think, or oh, I've got a penchant for Singapore. I really like Singapore. I, I'm looking, I I know it's, sometimes you can watch the race there and it can be a bit procession y, but I think it's the best looking race of the year. I think it's um, under the lights. I think it looks with the cityscape there. I really like Adam's looking at me like I'm some kind of idiot motorway flyover. Yeah, it's great backdrop. <laughs> Well, when you get, like, the, the panning shots and all well, the, the cars going across clothes. it and,
1: like, the trucks and then maybe they honk and then they carry on driving. You're looking Sorry. at the wrong pictures, mate. Um, <laughs> I, also, I, I've
0: been... Oh, no, go,
2: go, go. I, I've been to Singapore, not for the Grand Prix, but I've been on the, uh, on the track when F1 wasn't there. It was, it was, like, five months before. And it is a fantastic city, one of the best night cities I've, I've been to.
1: Yeah, and it coming goes. soon. No, yeah, Nigel's crazy night out was it like the Hangover?
0: I was hangover. 10 to be like drunk in Singapore, yeah. are
2: you? I was ten or eleven, I think so.
0: And you were drunk? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
0: I think, yeah, Singapore is one that always stands out to me. But also, um, Portimao, I think, with a second race, could also be really interesting, especially if you're going to have like a fight at the front. If you got Red Bull good early on in the season with mercedes getting on top by round three of maybe a tricky car that i don't know i think that could be fun i'm I'm looking forward to that um and it's nice to look forward to something really early not miles away but um it feels as as it feels like it's something that could happen because obviously there's still so many question marks over the world at the moment but yeah i think Uh, i think there's i think yeah there's just so much to be looking forward to this year with with all of um all of formula one i i have got tickets for silverstone as well so fingers crossed there that i
1: can oh yeah because for we formula didn't me. have any races last year we had a dearth of silverstone <laughs> in our lives last year
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't didn't go there last year um but like there's nothing like being at a live race so i'm i would put that out there for me i would love that to be mm. i player. mean there's also just like
1: baku Brazil, like just these good Brazil. tracks.
0: Oh, yes, Brazil.
1: Yeah, I think there's. Yes. Suzuka. Suzuka. Yeah, it's. There are like a fair few just good quality tracks that you know are going to provide a decent race that are coming back. And I think that's really exciting for everyone. I think Spain will be an interesting one, not in terms of Ooh. like the race itself necessarily, but I think that's quite a kind of point because at that stage yeah. there's been four races and it's been like two months since testing at that stage. So that will be quite an interesting one. It's a second leg of a double header with um out. So I think that will be quite an interesting one to kind of peg teams' progress at and just yeah, see. Yeah, you know, I think that, that will be very telling as to where teams are then, especially at the front.
0: Thank you. Speaking of where teams are then, I think we're going to give some serious predictions now because you know that's what we have to do. So um, we're going to go with um, what we think the final Constructors' Championship will be, not what we think the order will be now, because that's a very easy... Well, not very easy, but that's an easier very easy... Very <laughs> right, no, 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 no. no, that's easier because we've got a set of data from last week, but yeah. we don't have data for the next 23 races that haven't happened. So um, no. for obvious reasons. So, Nigel, Sorry. please, can you... Yeah. Relay to us now. Where you think the constructors championship will be come Abu Dhabi on December? This first
2: 12. to last, or last to first?
0: Last first to first. Last. Oh. <laughs> really, last to first. Really... And
1: build, build up to the yeah. Uh, build to up to it.
2: Okay, so I've got Hass at the back. So <gasps> no, no surprise there. I, I do think they will be the worst team at pretty much every race, and Williams, then Alpha Romeo, then Alpine seventh. That might be a surprise. AlphaTauri sixth, Ferrari fifth, Aston Martin fourth, McLaren third, and then Red Bull in second, Mercedes first.
1: Ooh. What have you guys Ooh. got? Well, if we go I mean with... just on that. So what? Alpine seventh.
2: Yeah, I I, I really don't think even though the glods will still be great, I don't think they're going to have the car. This year, I think they have put a lot, a lot of focus, probably a bit more focused than other teams into twenty twenty two. I think this year is just a transitional sure, year with the new with the new management and stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, I, 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 um, would like to go mine because I think that will raise a few interesting points as well. When I say um, the same with Haas, Williams Alfa Romeo Alpine in oh. seventh, um, <laughs> okay. Alfa, Tauri, Aston Martin in fifth, Ferrari in fourth, McLaren in third, Mercedes in second and Red Bull in oh, first. Wow. Now that- I, I agree with you on Alpine. I think they haven't had the development so much this year. They've still got their 2019 chassis because they had to carry that over from last year yeah. and they'd carried that over already. So it, it's a good chassis, obviously, but it's, it's been there. It's, it's done a few rounds, I think. Um, mm. and. I think there's probably I don't think they've developed the engine as much as other teams have. Um, yeah, I think Ferrari will plug away at the season, and I think they've got more chance than most of plugging away to get some results with Leclerc. And I think Sainz is a really it's going to gel with that team later on and can get some decent results more so than I think Vettel and
1: Stroll kind of Aston basically. Mm. Um, yeah, Michael- I think outs- outside of uh, McLaren. If we are including them in the midfield battle, I think Ferrari have the strongest lineup, and that's uh, yeah, still yeah. probably a level with McLaren. Really, I think it's especially um, yeah, think, uh, compared to Aston and Alpine.
0: Yes. I think why why Steffens. I put Red Bull on top is because I just I have more faith in Perez <laughs> and Verstappen <clears throat> being consistent over a year than Hamilton and Bottas. I think Hamilton will be wow. fantastic. I, I, so what I put up at Hamilton drivers champion, but Red Bull constructors.
2: I've done a way. I've got Verstappen driver's champion, but Mercedes constructors. That's really I don't have
0: the faith in Bottas to be able to keep up on that. I don't I think do. <laughs> he will be able to keep up in a way that Perez and Verstappen can in bringing in results. And I think there'll be more, like we spoke about the mentality shift, and there will definitely be a race mentality on Perez's side of the garage that will bring home points. And I think Bottas won't bring home as many points as Perez or Verstappen, but Hamilton will launch ahead and win the title
2: that's interesting uh,
1: it's, it's a yeah, hell of we'll, we'll guess. Right a guess it's not going to happen minute, because
0: yeah. I've predicted it. <laughs> no. it means it's not going to happen
1: um, but Adam's got not?
2: Hamilton drivers, Mercedes, Constructors <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've rushed my mind but in last place, <laughs> we'll start there I have Williams because crucially you need to score points not to be in last and then I've got Haas, ninth who don't score points they do <laughs> Over the last few years, they have scored points. They've, They've scored them themselves year. in the race. Yeah, that's multiple points. <laughs> it's two more than Williams have in the last three years. Alpha Romeo in eighth. Ferrari in seventh.
2: Wow. Ooh. Worse than last year. That is... I think they are now. Six. I don't think
0: they will be at the end of the season.
2: That is... That is some statement that you think they're going to be worse than last year. Wow.
1: I mean, there's really not much in it, to be honest. Like, it's. Mm. And then Alpine sixth. Alpha Tauri fifth.
2: Oh, high with Alpha Tauri. Never finished Pastor in the top Martin five.
1: fourth. And McLaren third. And then Red Bull second and Mercedes first. Wow.
2: So we've all got a bit different. I it's like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I don't know. It, it's just so, it feels like the margins are so slim mm. in the midfield. And as we've said many times, you know, what we're kind of basing it off is, you know, two and a half days, three days of testing. It's, <laughs> I think, it's not much. yeah,
0: on the Williams point, the reason I, I put them ninth and I think, um, I'd see what Nigel has to say on this, but I think they've got more chance of having one strong result than with Russell um, maybe not Latifi, than has to with Schumacher or Mazepin. I think that if there's any chance of those four drivers having a points finish, I'll put it on Russell's shoulders.
1: I think the way I look at it is none of these teams are going to get a points finish on pace. So, you, I think it's it's just going to kind of come down to you know a crazy race mm-hmm. or several crazy races that. Mm-hmm. And you know that kind of mixes the order of any anyway. You know it could be wet, could be different strategies or whatever. And I don't know. I just think Haas, for all their faults, have proven themselves a bit more adept at picking up points. In that, yeah. you know, you it, know it, you it, it's not much. Williams can. Fluster. It's not a different. It's not much of a difference, but you know, I think Williams will be faster over the year. But I yeah. just think Haas will translate their slowness into more points. Yeah, I, I
2: think the only way I can see Haas getting points is if. More than ten cars don't finish the race because I think even if they do have a chance, were say they get get into <clears> the top <throat> five, I think that they'll be that slow. They'll just get overtaken throughout the race anyway. So say you we get a hundred situation like last car, year, I'm I not... think they'll be, I think they'll be too slow to hold on to the pace. So I think that's why i will put them last. But but I I'd definitely get get your point there, Adam.
1: Yeah, I think you know again, there's not much difference yeah. down there in the basement battle. I think there will be a you know. Alpha Romeo will be kind of a step above a half so, step above the, the just, so soon.
2: So just quickly then the drivers I've gone for Stappen, Hamilton, Bottas, Perez, Ricardo. So we know you have both gone for Hamilton.
1: You you don't think Lewis Hamilton is going to win the driver's title.
2: Y- yeah, I've said that for the first time.
1: On few record. Weeks, yeah. yes. On record. Okay. You said it on record today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be second. Well I think it'll be very close.
0: Yeah. I think I've gone Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, Bottas, Ricardo.
2: Reverse of mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Reverse of you. Hamilton, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, Perez, Ricardo.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah same top five. Nice. Which drivers are going to do well?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think the, the sixth to tenth will be more interesting, really, seeing which That's drivers can mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be one that y- you get. I think if I had to guess now, I'd say maybe Leclerc, Norris, Gasly. That's three. I need some more. Alonso <laughs> and one one of the Aston Martin drivers. I don't know who we who will be better. But I, I can't even give my
2: five. I really, I really do think it's a complete loss.
1: That wasn't in order. That was just the five. That oh, okay. Would be under. Yeah.
0: I mean, mm. if I were to try and go in order, I'd go similar and go Leclerc, Norris, Sainz, um, and then, uh then probably. Gasly, Vettel. Yeah. I really. No, think. no, Gasly Alonso Vettel eleventh.
2: I think Vettel has to be in the top ten. Do yeah. you?
0: Yeah, I think, think he I'll,
1: has to. I think. Me, I think
0: he'll perform at a consistent level with Stroll at around eleventh or twelfth position in the constructor in, his, yeah, in the driver's th- championship, which is enough points to put, as I put, Aston fifth, but not enough points to put either of them in the top ten of the championship. I, that's, I, you know, I this Aston is me getting be, like way too over the top yeah. of what I'm predicting.
2: <laughs> I think Aston will get will have a good car. I think, I think so.
1: You know, get on yeah. top of it. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll be there'll be an interesting one to see where um where Vettel how like how Vettel stacks up with Stroll because it, it it doesn't feel like a big year in the same way for him because they're not as much riding on it. But mm. you know, he, he's had a tough few years in the big, sport yeah. for him. Yeah. And, mm. you know, it's kind of seeing where he's at after he's, you know, rolled with that many punches where he mm. kind of comes out and shakes out in this Order, I think that will be very interesting. And as you know, it, it, the narrative seems to have gone away a bit. But traditionally, that the you know Silverstone team have been the best, you know, just pulling those results out of the bag and those shot results. Or you know, when when it is mixed up, they're the ones who normally come out on top, or have done over the last ten or so years. So seeing you know whether that is continuing, whether that's a continuing trait, or whether that is a thing of the past, along with the racing point from Force India names.
0: And the continuing trait is recently they've been doing this not by not through gambles. They've not been getting results through the only result I think they can really think they've got by a gamble is Stroll coming leading the race in on 2019. Everything else has come from pure performance. So that's good. And I think um I think yeah, their, their race pace their race pace simulations and testing were good. They were very good. So mm-hmm. and and they considering they didn't get the final day basically. Yeah, that's it. Mm. It's so difficult to call because I've said stuff Absolutely. that I also disagree with, but I also agree with myself, <laughs> and I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's amazing. So watch the race, everybody, and watch the other twenty-two.
1: Yes, watch
2: our podcast.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> Just one more prediction on uh, where do you think the championship will be decided? Ooh. Abu Dhabi. race, Australia. I think I went Australia as well
0: abu dhabi is a fun one nigel good on you man i think it will
2: be close i really think constructors will be
0: decided in abu dhabi okay
1: yeah yeah but you also think red bull are winning the constructors that's why why i think it's in abu dhabi i think (laughs) it's a close
0: constructors fight
1: i see it being a bit like 2018 where it kind of just slips away from them at the end and two races to go it's decided
2: we we haven't had the championship go down to the to the final race between two different teams since 2012 nine years ago. It's been too long, and I just so want it to happen. And you know, I really do. I think this year is going to be the year. It's going to be a
0: classic season. I think. Yay positivity about Formula One. <laughs> That's what we've got. Yeah. It. I think yeah. I think what you can tell from this podcast is that we're all pretty excited (laughs) for what's coming. Um, I think testing has ramped that up many, many, many notches for me at least, because I thought we were going into a into a very lovely swan song year for Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes, but I think this could set up some more fighting talk to come through the year and, and for years to come, really. um Because if if Red Bull, if Red Bull do this, then Mercedes are going to fight back even more in the future. And I like that. That excites me. Scary. Is it? Who are you scared I've,
2: of? And Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes <laughs> coming back even stronger. I think that's a scary oh. dangerous prospect. You know, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah anyway i think that that wraps up um what we've got for you guys today um bahrain formula one grand prix we're going to have a preview episode of the grand prix itself beforehand but the race is um in one week's time drive to survive is obviously on netflix so appease yourself with that and we'll be back later on to preview the race to review the race to hopefully be giddy with excitement after some ridiculous, crazy situation that only Formula One can produce. Um, you can find this podcast wherever you have found it and on other locations. The other locations are YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on ACAS because we have um we have a website with them, and that's who we use to make the podcast, basically. Um podcast science for you guys there and you can find us all on twitter we've we've said our twitters at the start of the episode we've got at winging it f1 which is our joint twitter account for the podcast where you'll have tons of details about the podcast every now and again you'll have a weird snide remark um and also you will have us taking the piss out of nigel chu our resident um slightly awkward guy and Keep an eye out for those because slightly
2: awkward guy.
0: Absolutely priceless. Some of the things he comes out with is brilliant. Just scroll through the Twitter. That's a big dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
2: Monday. (laughs) So we
0: will see what Nigel comes up with next and we'll see you all soon for the next episode. Enjoy the season, everybody. Have a great time. Goodbye, everyone.